Welcome to Unsung Stories, where we'll be chatting to unacclaimed mamas in the Christian world who love Jesus, are faithfully seeking to know and love God more, and pointing their families to Him. I'm your host, Laura Smith, and I hope that you will find solidarity with a regular mum living out the gospel in regular ways and be encouraged in your own unsung story. Thanks for joining us. Well, hello and welcome to Unsung Stories Summer Series. Last week we heard from Shay and her perspective on one-on-one discipleship. I'm not sure about you, but it greatly encouraged me, particularly as I'm still in those formative weeks of setting up 2022 to be intentional in who I am discipling, being conscious of discipling people, but also uh, being brave and reaching out. And I asked someone if they would mentor me and I, I tell you, I was scared, but very thankful for Shay and her encouragement to do so because I think it's going to be a beautiful part of this year. This week we are joined by Bella. And Bella, I, I asked her to come on after I received her application because I thought these women could chat about anything they wanted relating to motherhood or Christianity and Bella asked to talk about the Old Testament and I thought this is going to be interesting but as you're going to hear today the way that we can see God's character in the Old Testament is so beautiful. After today if this is something that you want to look more into I really liked the book by Vaughan Roberts, I think that's his name, called God's Big Picture. And I found that really helpful for seeing how the Old Testament and the New Testament play out. Uh, and, you know, it's one book and it all works together. So I highly recommend you check that out if this sparks your interest. But why don't we jump in, hear from Bella, get to know her a little bit, and then hear what she has learnt about God's character by looking at the Old Testament. Well, hi, Bella, and thank you so much for coming on the show and giving a talk today. Just so that our listeners could get to know you a little bit more, could you tell us a bit about you and your family and just what everyday life looks like for you? Yeah, so my name is Bella. Um, I'm married to Daniel and we have two little boys. Um, Gabriel is three and Sebastian is 15 months. So most of the time I'm at home, I'm looking after them. Um, I also... um, Yeah, involved in Hope Anglican Church um, and involved in leading Bible studies there. And um, I've got an Instagram and blog called Over the Teacups. Yeah, cool. What do you talk about on your Instagram and blog? Um, So it's a lot about the Bible, a lot about theology and, yeah, how that applies to our daily lives. Yeah, that's awesome. And how long have you been a Christian for, Bella? Well, it will be coming up to 20 years next year, which is crazy. Yeah, nice. That's great. And how did you become a Christian? Um, So it was in um, year 12, um, which is aging me definitely. And I was, um, yeah, grew up in a Christian family. And I don't think I ever really took it personally until then. I would have said I was a Christian, but it didn't really mean very much to me. And I remember it was actually at an Easter service. And I remember hearing the sermon, which was about, actually following Jesus with your life and I realized that I wasn't doing that and it was at that point that I yeah gave my life to Jesus and started taking it seriously and yeah he's been with me and I've been following him ever since yeah that's beautiful 
So I kind of opened it up on uh, the on Instagram to any women who would like to do a talk for women, motherhood, that this kind of stage of life season that we're in. And you applied and you've asked to talk about God and the Old Testament and his character. What made you land here? Why did you want to talk about that and not, you know, something else? I think it's always been something that I've been really interested in um, as a Christian. I think just seeing how the Old Testament and the New Testament fit together and then what that teaches us about God's character. So I actually did a deep dive on it um, this year and I've ended up um, writing, yeah, just a short devotional with reflections. I'm looking at the different stages of um, Old Testament history and, yeah, looking at what God has been doing and how those Old Testament promises point to Jesus. So, yeah, I just really wanted to um, take this chance to share the amazing things about God that I have been learning myself this year. Um, One of the most common things I get asked or hear people ask is just how do you find the time to do that? Do you have any... Do you have any advice when people say, how does she have time to do a deep dive into the Bible and write a devotional and she's got kids and COVID happened and all of that stuff? What would you suggest? I think it's just you've got to take take the time that you have and just work with the stage that you're in. Like it's not always going to look like having time to sit down for hours and, you know, do a big study, but sometimes just getting those those little things in and, yeah, meeting God where you are because he always meets us. And mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, uh, it's been lovely to get to know you a little bit more. I'm really excited to hear about what you have to say. So how about we jump into your talk? Yeah, thank- fantastic. Thank you so much for um, inviting me on. My pleasure. Today I'm going to be sharing with you one of my favourite topics, the big picture of the Old Testament. So we're going to look at the main people and the promises that God made to them. And we're going to see how we can find Jesus there. Because where we know where to look, Jesus is absolutely everywhere in the Old Testament. Now you might be asking, why is it important for us as modern day mums to know about these things? Learning about God's promises in the Old Testament isn't some dry academic thing that doesn't matter for life today, it is profoundly relevant for us today. Because when we see Jesus fulfilling those Old Testament promises, it reveals so much about God's character. And that's also what we're going to have a look at today. The study of the Bible should always lead us to know God more, to love him more. And that then shapes the way that we live. Because God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So anything that we learn about God in the Bible, those things were true back then, and they're true for us now. The way that God relates to us is grounded in thousands of years of faithfulness, thousands of years of promises made and fulfilled in Jesus. So... Let's begin our journey through the Old Testament. We're going to go right back to the very beginning with Adam and Eve. 
God created Adam and Eve to be in perfect fellowship with him. But you probably know this story. Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit and they disobeyed. And this led to judgment for their sin. But even before God brought judgment on Adam and Eve, God put a curse on the snake. And here we have the very first time that God promised to make things right. Genesis 3 verse 15, it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Here we have the very first hint of Jesus. God promises someone descended from the line of Eve. And this person, would, his heel would be struck by the serpent, but he would crush the head of the serpent. And through the Old Testament, God's people were waiting for this promised one to arrive. When Jesus finally comes on the scene, we might think about his death. You know, that was like his heel being struck by the enemy. But in his resurrection, you know, he crushed the head of the enemy. He has complete victory over evil and over death. Jesus is the fulfillment of this promise that God made thousands of years before. Let's now move on to Abraham. So God calls Abraham and in Genesis 12, he makes a big promise to him. He says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who do and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So this is a big promise that God makes to Abraham. And there's three main parts to this promise. First, we have a promised land. Second, promised great nation of descendants. And thirdly, that Abraham will be a blessing to all nations. So how does this connect to Jesus? Well, Jesus was a descendant of Abraham. He was the rightful heir of all those promises made to Abraham. So if we have faith in Jesus, if we are united to him, then we receive those promises too. We have a promised land. This is our eternal life in heaven and even greater than a physical land. We are a great nation. We are the sons and daughters of God. And I want to think now about the promise all nations will be blessed through you. We have faith in Jesus. We are given every spiritual blessing. We are given forgiveness of sins. We are adopted into God's family. We are given the Holy Spirit. These blessings are for all people who have faith in Jesus, no matter what nation they're from. So through Abraham's descendant Jesus, people of all nations can be blessed far beyond what Abraham could even have ever imagined. Abraham's descendants increase and they become a great nation, the Israelites. 
But the problem is, about 400 years later, they're not in their promised land. They are slaves in Egypt. So under the leadership of Moses, God performs a miracle and he delivers them through the Red Sea. He frees them from slavery. And it's here that God makes another promise to them. Exodus 19, verse 5 to 6. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. God calls the Israelites into a covenant relationship. He calls them to be his treasured possession. He calls them to be a kingdom of priests. So this means representing God to the other nations. He also calls them to be holy, to be set apart for him. But the problem is the Israelites are sinful. If they're going to be in covenant relationship with God, they need a way for their sins to be dealt with. And here, God gives them a sacrificial system. And in the sacrificial system, we see Jesus very clearly. So once a year, they had the Day of Atonement. And here, the priests went to the tabernacle and they sacrificed animals. They sprinkled the blood of these animals on the altar. And it couldn't just be any animal that they liked. This had to be an animal without blemish or defect. And this sacrifice, the blood of this animal, this atoned for the people's sin. It covered their sin and it made them right with God. And we can see that this was pointing towards Jesus. He is our perfect sacrifice without blemish. We are forgiven and made right with God through the shedding of his blood. But unlike the Old Testament sacrifice, which had to be offered up year after year, Jesus' sacrifice only needed to happen once. It was sufficient to cover our sins. Let's jump forward now to King David. Now David, when we look at King David, we very clearly see a foreshadowing of who Christ is. David is what we call a type of Jesus. David was a king who lived according to God's way. He led his people in victory over the surrounding nations. But he also led people back to worshipping God. And David wanted to build a temple for God somewhere where people could worship God and God could dwell in glory. But God promises something even greater. God promises to build a house for David. So when we think of house, we think about the house of Judah or the house of Windsor. Now this is a line of kings coming from David's family line. But it gets even more amazing. Listen to this. From 2 Samuel 7 verse 12 to 13. 
When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your own offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Here we have a descendant of David who would have a very special relationship with God. It would be a father-son relationship. This person would be king forever. He introduces the concept of the Messiah, this promised ruler sent by God who would rule over God's people with wisdom and justice and victory over their enemies. How does Jesus fit into this promise? We know that when Jesus died, he also rose again. And it's through his resurrection that he defeated the power of death. Death now has no hold on Jesus and he lives forever. He is in heaven right now. He is seated at the right hand of the Father He is exalted to the highest place. Jesus is that eternal king. He is the promised Messiah ruling God's people. And that's us. The first thing, God is consistent. Sometimes I think we have this false idea that the New Testament God is all about love and forgiveness, while the Old Testament God is all about judgment and anger. But it's the same God. God does not change. So the same characteristics that we see in the New Testament, we also see in the Old Testament. You know, we see his love, his faithfulness, his forgiveness, his mercy. God makes a promise right at the beginning. And his purposes to save humanity, they stay the same all the way throughout the Old Testament, until they were finally fulfilled in Jesus. So then, when we think about God's consistency and his faithfulness to us, when we think about the promises that he's made to us to never leave us, never forsake us, to work all things for our good, we look back and we see that he's a promise-keeping God. So then, when we think about God's consistency and his faithfulness to us, we can look back and see that he's a promise-keeping God. He is faithful to do what he has said. He does not change his character. Secondly, God is in control. God's plan of salvation through Jesus. God planned something and he brought it to completion. This plan to bring salvation through Jesus, it was announced right after Adam and Eve sinned. But did you know that the plan actually went even earlier than that? So Ephesians chapter 1, it says that God chose us in Christ Jesus before the creation of the world. Even before the world was created, God saw that we would sin. He saw that we would need a saviour. 
He planned to send Jesus even before he created the world. And as history went on, you know, all through the Old Testament, the people were sinful. They kept turning away from him, but this did not catch God by surprise and it didn't throw his plans into chaos. God always had a plan to save his people and he made that plan happen in Jesus. So when we see how God was in control in the Bible, we can trust that God has the same control over our lives. Our sin doesn't catch God by surprise. And even when we come up against things that seem to completely derail our plans, they do not stop God's plan for our life. God has many plans for our life and for each one of us it's a bit different. God is in control of all of it, but there are some things that are in God's plan for every Christian. We're thinking to transform us, to be more like Jesus, to bring us to salvation from beginning to end. Now, God is going to work all things to come together for those plans. And we can trust that God is in control and that he will do this. Finally, we see that God is compassionate. Now, God could have destroyed Adam and Eve for their sin right at the beginning. He would have been holy and just in doing that. But he didn't. Instead, he showed mercy and compassion. He promised to one day make things right. We see this unfailing compassion time and time again in the Old Testament. His people keep sinning. And God keeps showing them grace. Jesus is the fulfillment of this grace and compassion. Now think about that very famous verse, John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It is because of God's love that he sent Jesus to bring us into relationship with himself. And this same love that sent Jesus, it's available for us now. There is grace when we sin. There is unfailing compassion through the storms of life and for our everyday moments. Those things that we see of God in the Bible, they were true then and they're true for us now. When we want to know what God is like, we only have to look at the story revealed in the Bible. God making promises and fulfilling them in Jesus. Let's be people grounded in the word, standing in confidence of who God is and what he has done for us. I'd like to finish by leading us in prayer. Please pray with me. Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the promises that you made in the Old Testament. I thank you for the way that Jesus fulfills all of them. I thank you that you are compassionate, that you are consistent and in control. I thank you that your character has not changed, that you are still all of those things for us today. 
And I pray that you will help us to walk in that, walk in that knowledge and to know and love you more. I pray that as we go about our lives, we will grow to know and love you more. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.